listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Follow Brian on Twitter, at FBomber73. Get after Shirtless Tom, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. The Pirates are 5-8 and eight in August and are now five and a half games back for the second wild card with four teams to jump. It's over. It's done. They lost. They make the playoffs. And I wonder if we gave them too much credit when they made the trade. It doesn't mean it wasn't the right trade. But did we all buy in hook, line, and sinker a little too quickly? Did we all really think that they were going to make the playoffs this year? I didn't. I said at the time they're still not going to make the playoffs. I had different guests on. Most of them said that they weren't going to make the playoffs. But yet I've watched every single game between then and now, and I've watched it with more of an interest than I had all season long because I did convince myself they were still in this thing. And even now, they're still on the periphery of it. And even now, I'm going to watch this Cubs series because the games matter. But just because they matter doesn't mean that they're going to get the result we all want them to get. And just because they matter doesn't mean that the Pirates are going to make the playoffs. And just because they don't make the playoffs doesn't make what happened at the off season or at the middle of the season, at the trade deadline, the wrong thing to do. I think we all gave them too much credit. We patted them too much on the back about the way they were playing. And I think we all kind of thought, you know what? They won 11 in a row. They can make the playoffs. And we maybe shouldn't have done that. Maybe we should have focused on next season. And I know that that sucks to hear as a Pirates fan. I know that you hate to hear, well, it's going to be next year. But don't you feel better about next year than you did before the trade deadline? Yes, I know. Spare me the fact that Tyler Glass now has pitched very well in Tampa. And yes, spare me the, oh my God, we lost Baz. What are we going to do without him? I don't need to hear that. Don't you feel better about the chances of this team next year after the deadline? 4129-222874. I absolutely do. And maybe I've bought in too much. But if you want to get a player of Chris Archer's caliber who's done it in the league before, you got to give up a Baz. you got to give up a Meadows. you got to give up a Glass now. And the Pirates finally paid the price of admission. The Pirates finally did enough to get a seat at the damn table. The Pirates finally did enough to seem like they're a Major League Baseball team. And not just a business run solely for the purpose of making Bob Nutting money. As for next year, Archer has not pitched well these first three games. But I do have faith that he'll be better next year after he gets an opportunity to work a little bit on his changeup. I think that matters. And it's not sexy. It's not fun to talk about. It's not hot takey. But to me, it matters. 
And to you, the Pirate fan, it should matter. And to them, I know it does. So I expect better from him. Because his numbers outside of the AL East coming into this year were sitting around a 3-2-5 ERA. I believe that that guy's in there. And we saw shades of it today. But he's got to do a little bit of work to get back to what he was a couple years ago. Tywin has figured it out. That slider's devastating. He's pitching like the guy we always thought he could. His last 13 starts, he's been outstanding. Yesterday, not great, but fine. Polanco, Marte, Dickerson. Inconsistent, but proven major leaguers. Starley Marte's a really good player. Polanco can carry the team for a couple of weeks. He'll then fall off the face of the flipping earth after that, but then he'll come back and carry the team for a couple of weeks. And Corey Dickerson, even before this year, has proven to be a very good Major League Baseball player. So the outfield's set. You've got Kramer and Newman, I think, that'll be bolstering your middle infield. Moran's just a guy, but if you've got the rest of the talent around him, you feel comfortable with him there. And Josh Bell is starting to, again, look like the guy he was last year. Not all the way back, but he's more comfortable as a righty now than he had been. I still think he could be a good baseball player. Diaz, he's an everyday catcher. He hit the ball out of the ballpark. Got a better arm, I think, than Cervelli. I think they've got their starting nine for next year. We'll see what happens with Freeze and Harrison, whether they wind up coming back. We'll see what happens with Cervelli. But I think they've got their guys. And the rotation's got Musgrove, who's proven himself. And Trevor Williams, who, despite not having great stuff, has pitched well enough this year to have an ERA under four. If he's your four or five guy, you're fine, and you bring Keller up. I think the Pirates bought themselves credit to believe in next year for the first time. That's the difference, right? The difference is in the past when they say next year is next year, we'll be okay, we're going to contend, you've kind of rolled your eyes. Or you've had the wool pull over your eyes. I never bought in before. Oh, next year, next year, next year, next year, next year. I do believe in next year now. The problem is other teams are going to improve, and I don't know if the Pirates will. I don't know if the Pirates will add. I don't know if they're going to put another player in the starting rotation apart from Keller. And maybe Keller's that guy, but you're not going to get him until midway through the season. And then at that point, the next year you're going to say, well... We'll have them the full season. So then we'll really contend. No, they need to add a piece, and then they'll really believe. But I am feeling better about next year than I have felt about the next year for the Pirates in a long-ass time. Still got to do some things to prove it to me. Still got to do some things to keep up with the Joneses. Arizona's still a better ball club than they are. Los Angeles is still a better ball club than they are. Philadelphia is going to add. Milwaukee's probably going to add. Chicago's going to add. St. Louis all of a sudden looks like the world's best baseball team. They're never going to sit and rest on their laurels. The Pirates have to keep up with the Joneses. But I feel better now about them for next year than I have in a long time. Do you? 412-922-2874. Antonio Brown did not show up to Children's Hospital until four and a half hours after he said he was going to show up at Children's Hospital. And many have defended Antonio Brown. And I get it to an extent. When a guy like Colin Dunlap defends Antonio Brown, it's because he donated $100,000 to Children's Hospital. And that helps his daughter out. And a bunch of sick kids. And that is important. It's incredibly important. 
I can't, at this point in my life, understand just how important that it is. So I get why guys like Colin will defend him. But I think you have to separate some of these issues. Making sick kids wait four and a half hours, making their parents wait four and a half hours ain't right. But my question's a broader one, and I think a more interesting one. At what point did stuff like this become sports journalism that we're used to? At what point did Antonio Brown not showing up there become a huge news story? Antonio Brown parked in a handicapped spot at Dino's last year at training camp. It wasn't him. It was his driver. Antonio doesn't drive. It's his dude parking that geeked-up Rolls Royce outside of Dino's. It's a bad look. But since when does that get reported? When does that become what our news from a sports side of things is. I'm not a journalist. I'm an entertainer. I like to have fun. I like to have conversation. That's what we do here on the Crowley Show. We like to mess around. We like to talk about sports. But we ain't journalists. I ain't a journalist. My best bud behind the glass is shirtless Tom. We're entertainers. But ESPN has always been the worldwide leader, and they've always been respected journalistically because they stuck to the sporty sports, right? And they've changed their entire philosophy to go more towards entertainment. But I wonder why ESPN has suddenly adopted some of the same rules as TMZ. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. (coughs) Pardon me. I'm not saying that it's wrong. But I'm wondering when it became socially acceptable to care about Tiger Woods cheating on his wife. As opposed to him hitting the driver. ESPN and TMZ, if you look at some of their articles, are almost indistinguishable at this point. And I wonder if you're okay with that. I don't think I am. I think there should still be hard news sports organizations. And yeah, sports is entertainment, but I don't like it when we have to talk about Jennifer Aniston's fake nipple. I don't like it when we have to talk about so-and-so's adopted love child. I, I don't care about that stuff. And it does make you think in a different light about some of these athletes, but when did that become the story? 412-922-2874. We'll go to Mr. Richard next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Mr. Richard. Howdy, doody. You know, there was uh, the Pirates aren't going to make the playoffs. Correct. You know that you agree? Yes. Okay, then you and Mark Thomas are... uh... Feel the same way. What happened there, Mr. Richard? Were you not listening to the segment? What happened there? Well, sure. What? I guess I'm still on. What? Yes, you're on. Who are you talking Mr. Richard, tell me who you're talking to. Who's in there with you? Not talking to anybody. There's nobody in the car. I'm just sitting here in front of the restaurant. I turned the show on. I heard you talk about the pilots. What do you think about them? Are you still Uh, allowed to drive, Mr. Richard? I'm surprised by that. Why? I mean, you seem like the kind of guy they had taken the license away from him. You've told me about all your medical issues before. I figured that they wouldn't let you drive. The doctor threatened to take my license away. He said, if I catch you leaving town, I will take your license away. So I can't leave town. Why can't you leave town? Well, because when I was the last time I was going to the Cleveland Clinic, 
I came back to Akron, and I ended up in there, went through the couple different stop signs, and ended up in the middle of a Dennis restaurant. Kind of like Tiger Woods. So when you have that kind of stuff happen, and uh, uh, that means you're just not capable of uh, driving over the road, so I just can't do it anymore. But I can still come up here to the restaurant, I can go to the casino, I can go to... Uh, Different places like that. Well, just make sure that you stop in front of the restaurant this time as opposed to driving right through it, Mr. Richard. Well, when it goes off, you don't know what happens, but uh, I just can't drive that far because that's what happens, Adam Crowley. Good luck to you, Mr. Richard. Well, thank you so much. Goodbye. I rant for like eight minutes about how the Pirates aren't going to make the playoffs this year and how... Next year, I feel a lot better about him. And he calls up and says, they're not making the playoffs. I know. Oh, okay, we agree. I'm happy he called. I'm always happy he calls because he drove through a Denny's. I was going to say, you're just going to blow right past that. He drove his car yeah. through the middle of a Denny's restaurant. And I mean, give the guy a break because he can't drive for 15 minutes without falling asleep. You think <laughs> he's going to pay attention to a radio segment for that long? He drove into a Denny's. He can't leave the state. Of West Virginia because the last time he went up to the Cleveland Clinic, he blew some stop signs and drove right into a Denny's. So I wonder if anyone who's hurt. How is he not in jail? How is he not in jail right now? That's the original Grand Slam. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, probably because it wasn't because he was effed up. He wasn't drinking. He was just old. I don't know if he's old. I mean, he's older. I don't know how old Mr. Richard is. I think he's got like one of them pacemakers. You think he's like waiting in like the the dining room of Denny's, like leaning out his windows, like you gonna take my order or what? He told me this was drive through. <laughs> yeah, I want some moons over Miami. <gasps> Great breakfast. That's a good breakfast. I had Denny's at two a.m. in Morgan, and not Morgantown. <laughs> just well, used, I was there just, too. Just but used to say recently, that, yeah, yeah in, in Lake Trobe <laughs> after partying a little too hard at Sharky's. I walked, though. I'm responsible. Coming up next, <laughs> we discuss the... Good. Way to take credit for things you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> up next, I'll talk to Chris Adamski from the Trib about our complicated media climate that we're living in right now. And we'll also talk about the Pirates, how they suck. It's Crowley Show. He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. Steelers camp is over, as is the Pirates' season, and maybe our media world as we know it. All right, no, but it's ever-changing. I want to bring on Chris Adamski now to discuss. Uh, Chris, you happy to be back from Steelers training camp in Lake Trobe? It's always a, uh, a bittersweet day when we uh, pack up from Lake Trobe and head back to Pittsburgh and you know, actually reconnect with family, and you know, I see my wife and kids for weeks. It's sort of an exaggeration, but you get the point. Do your but, kids remember uh, what you look like? It's pretty bad whenever, like, you know, Wally and you and Pursuita have a better idea of, you know, uh, of, you know, what I look like or my daily, uh, you know, 
functioning than my teeth do my wife do, but, you know. There's no sharkies in, in uh, our police home, well, near our police home, I live in the state, so. No, there are nicer bars. <laughs> Chris Jameski joining us here on the Crowley Show. Chris, in the first segment we were talking about the relationship between media and players, and Antonio Brown ripping Ed Bouchette made me think, and then Damone Patterson taking out Ed's knees clearly on command from Antonio Brown got me to thinking, what changed with the relationship between media and players? And what I mean by that is, we started covering Tiger Woods and the affairs that he had going on in his life. What's off limits? What should be off limits? And when did things like affairs, like stuff going on off the field, when did that all become on the table for reporters? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the social media, for one thing, uh, that changed the dynamic uh, of, of us because now, I, you know, sometimes I'm probably tell up anything. Uh, you know, in some ways, if uh, so-and-so wants to get the story out that, that he's either signing with somebody or, or, or retiring or, or, or mad about play calling or whatever it might be, you can pick, you can put it on social media and just bypass, uh, you know, need to release a statement about whatever he's in. So, you know, 20 years ago, get to call a reporter if you want to get a message out, whatever it might be. Uh, so the players needed that relationship more, I think, is part of it. And, uh, and now they don't. They can do it themselves. Uh, and secondly, I think in terms of the, uh, you know, the lines being blurred or whatever it is, the affair type thing, uh, you know, you have TNT now that's going to report it or whatever. Uh, it's going to get out somehow because some outlet, some website, uh, you know, whether it's via the uh, whoever does it, whoever leaks it, it's getting out there somehow. In the past, there were only a, a certain finite number of gatekeepers public, and that was the newspaper writers, the TV report, whatever it was, there were only, you know, whatever the number is, every particular market, a particular team, and that was the only gatekeeper's information that could get public. And now it, it, it finds its way out there somehow. Well, let's frame it differently then. So TMZ plays by different rules, or at least they were the first ones to play by different rules-ish. Should ESPN cover things the way TMZ does? I, I almost feel, and, you know, this is my opinion, I don't know, if once it gets out there, you know, whatever we're talking, affair. You know, the player X has an affair. If I know about it, I'm not going to put it out there. I, I don't think. I, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't I would like to think I wouldn't. But once it gets out, you know, and once TNZ publishes or whatever, they can beat up on them totally, but they're the, you know, the best of what they do, um, you know, the most public, the most known. So if they put it out there, then it becomes news. People are talking about it. It's a, it's a you know, the, if the fans and the readership and everybody out there, the public, knows about it, talking about it, wants to know more about it, then it becomes our obligation to, you know, get the reaction for the player or, or, or you know, get more information out there, I think. At least that's the way I do it, right or wrong. I think it's wrong. Chris Adamski joining us here <laughs> on the Crowley Show. Well, y- yes and no, because I don't know if it is our job to follow that. Well, I'm different. I'm not a journalist, but I, I don't know if it is a job of a journalist to follow up on that because it's something that interests the public. I think there's a line there. I think journalism's not supposed to be about what the public wants to know. It's about what the public needs to know. I, I think broadcasting, entertainment, things of that nature, that can be where you give the public what they want. And I think that society as a whole has seen that line blurred. And maybe it's, maybe it's a way bigger discussion than I'm, than I'm giving it credit for, but I, I think that's kind of the problem. 
say you discuss this. Let's take that scenario there, right? Uh, you know, I wasn't. I'm not old enough to be free internet or whatever. But uh, uh, if that happened 20 years ago, uh, first of all, there wouldn't have been a tweet from Red Bush. So I guess it doesn't exist. Uh, but uh, you know, if, if Ed wrote or whoever reporter X wrote something about Player Y, but for whatever reason Player Y didn't like it, um, he wouldn't have been able to put on social media for millions to see. We we would have seen the you know confrontation perhaps or other reporters of us, and you know probably not mentioned it publicly. Not We wouldn't have written in our stories or in our radio airways necessarily, uh, more than likely. But now Antonio Brown goes on social media and says it. Therefore, it becomes a, a, a story then that we – it's hard for the rest of the media to ignore. Now, this is a small tip of the iceberg compared to, you know, Tiger Woods getting, you know, whatever he's doing with whoever, and his wife doing what, you know. Uh, so it's not as – I don't know. Significant or not as tawdry, is that, is that the right word? Uh, but it, it's just one example where now it's hard to ignore things if it's out there. That, does that make any sense, or am I just making stuff up now? It makes a lot of sense. Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. Let's change the topic of conversation a little bit here. Jalen Ramsey got suspended for something similar to what Antonio Brown did on Twitter. He was going after a beat writer, uh, Antonio Brown ripping Ed Bouchette, calling him a clown. Do you think, and not from a not from a media player relations standpoint anymore, but do you think that most teams in the NFL are similar to the Steelers in that they have guys who act like this, that they have quote-unquote distractions? Because we do make it seem like here in Pittsburgh it's worse than other places. In the last year it was, no doubt. But I kind of think that's the culture that there is in 2018. Yeah, I mean, you could probably, you're right, this, this discussion could expand on to, on to whatever else, too. But, I, yeah, I think that's the, and, and again, I, and I hate to belabor it, I know it's not this simple. So I'm not, but, I mean, that ended up, he, Jalen Ramsey put something on social media that's there after the public for every, you know, his whatever million, 100,000, 10,000 followers to see. And then it became, and then, it, you know, the screenshots, SportsCenter puts it on or whatever, I guess you would say, or, or the part of the argument just SportsCenter putting even that on. But, you know, if, if this happened in the past, you know, and this, this player had a problem with the, the, you know, it was written about the fight in the paper the next day. I, but, but you're right. I don't know if the viewers are that, are that much different. Uh, you know, we could sit down and break down all the little things that happened with the Steelers last year, the, the, all the distractions, and, and, you know, justify this or take that and, you know, there, you know, Marcus Field. There was, there was the only player in the league by far who was had a four-game suspension for, for a, you know, control a performance enhancing substance. You could, you could break down and say, you know, Antonio Brown's not the only player in the receiver in the league who got mad he wasn't targeted on a pass. And, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I, but it, when they all happen in one season like that, and it, and it was a contending team and a high-profile team at that, I, I think that's why it maybe got more attention than, than uh, you know, if, if Jacksonville was. Or 12, Jalen Ramsey was doing his thing, but you know, like they were two years ago, then maybe it wouldn't have even that come out. They are going to be bad this year. I'm telling you right now. I bet you Jacksonville takes a step back, but we'll get into that later on here right. on the Crowley Show. Uh, ben gets hurt. AB was hurt. James Conner uh, is icing his groin. Kind of makes it understandable why Le'Veon Bell didn't show up, huh? <laughs> That's the angle I hadn't really, really thought of. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I. I'm, it almost is fascinating to me if the fellow again gets off to a 
slow start to the regular season. If, if Fumi does show up the week before again, um, you know, the old consequences line from Mike Tomlin, uh, if that, I mean, you know, it almost kind of ties into uh, in, in a strange connection here, the whole play home thing, where, you know, the uh, is there any sort of day in a backup of a player doesn't have training camp for, you know, for whatever reason, he was hurt or holding out, uh, are they going to get off the traditionally bad start once the season starts? And, and is there something to that, or is that just sort of a coincidence last year that, you know, I mean, it was the freaking Browns this week one, and you didn't have money run the ball very well, so it's hard to justify that. Right. A couple of big defenses after that. I, I don't know. Um, you know, is, is there happy? Like last year when it happened, I assumed, I, I predicted, I shouldn't say assumed, I predicted he would have showed up with would have been like this Saturday. After the second preseason game, um, after St. Vincent, you know, you come to your fourth of the south side, you you playing that, you know, maybe you're even playing that third preseason game. At least you get a couple of weeks of practice with your guys before the regular season. I was kind of surprised he waited until the week before. Um, I, I think that might have benefited him more. You really mitigate your, your risk then. I think that, you know, the practices start as they start to ramp back down to more regular season as you know, you miss those those you know, those, those first few days of contact up in St. Vincent and, and you know, but uh, I, you're right. You're, you know, it's, 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 he's not signed and why take the chances to the injury and if he thinks right or wrong or whether you agree or not that he's being, you know, low balled away by the Steelers, you know, I, I, why are you going to put your body at risk? I don't, I don't necessarily blame him for that. Last thing here for you, Chris. The Pirates lost. They're now 5-8 and eight in August. Uh, they are at least five and a half games back. Could be six back after the way things go tonight. Uh, they are done. Do you still have faith in next season? Do you think that the moves that they made will bolster them moving forward? I still do have faith in that, but Chris Archer has not been good in his first three starts. And that's the thing, you know, you kept hearing about the, uh, what was the term that the Pirates use, the, uh, the, uh oh, what's that word? Oh, they have that word for, uh, the, the, not the measurables, the, uh, Bi- uh biometric? Uh, well, not, not that word either, but the, peripherals? The I think it's that, the peripherals that they got on the I mean, this guy, Hey, wait, 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 wait. Say it with me. Peripherals. 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 All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, if you look at it, and I'm talking about, not necessarily super advanced analytics here, but like baseball reference has ERA plus, which is reference every player in the league relative to each other and factors in, you know, across parts and all that, a pitcher of what they are. He has been a below average pitcher now for, for three years, barely below average, roughly average, just say average, but he's around 99 on the, on the scale of 100 being average over three years now. It's like a big sample size and uh, whatever, I, you know. I thought from the beginning, and, I, and I'm not going to be, I told you something, three starts. Maybe I'm wrong, and hopefully I'm wrong, and everybody can tell me I'm not wrong. But I, I don't, this whole thing that Chris Archer was a difference maker. I mean, he might be sad to a team if you're going to contend in the Pirates. If they were winning 10 in a row, they thought they could contend, and they could contend next year, too. If he's the, the, you know, the number three starter after after Tyone, and, and maybe um, the, um, Pitch Keller's call up, it's been great. You're in great shape, and that's a reasonable price for that, for a veteran pitcher like that. But, I don't know if Chris Archer was ever going to be your, uh, you know, your, your difference-making top of the rotation base from the beginning. It's good stuff, Adamski. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, no, I, no, no. Look, I think I think your concerns are were valid at the time, and I think that they're valid now. I remember you went on a, a little tweet spree about it, and <laughs> I, I thought that his numbers outside of the AL East would 
prove that he would be a little bit better. And what we've found thus far is he doesn't really have that next pitch. He does only really uh, have that fastball in the slider. He doesn't have any confidence to throw a change up, and maybe that's something you work on in the offseason. But as for now, uh, he's not better than Musgrove. He's definitely not better than Jamison Tyon, and they gave up an awful lot to get that guy. Uh, Chris, appreciate the time. One more time, peripheral. Peripheral. Nailed it. Peripheral. I did. Okay. It, 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 what's the user accent? What's the, uh, the Pittsburgh E for Bridge? Like, uh, I don't even want numbers. To they just say numbers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Big numbers. And peripheral. Numbers. Yeah. yeah. Peripheral. Perif. Peripheral. Peripheral. That's it. That's the one right there. Peripheral. Anyway, get the hell out of here. Thanks, Adamski. Biometrics and that. All right. Later, Adam. Biometrics and that. How about that from Adamski? Good stuff there from him, as always. He was putting a couple pints down with me. At Sharky's and Latrobe. You know what sucks? I'm the worst. I am the worst. We're all kind of the worst, but I'm the worst. Everyone complains that they're at training camp. I go, and I'm miserable the whole time. I'm staying in the dorm room. I'm hanging out with Wes. You should never spend that much time in an 8x8 room with somebody else. You shouldn't be sleeping with another guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I shouldn't be sleeping with my friend when I'm 27 years old, whenever I'm happily married with a wife and dog and cats and uh, my own house. But then the second I leave, I start thinking about all the good times. Oh, remember those beers we were putting back at Sharky's? Remember that pizza we ordered at 12.30 in the morning? I am the worst. I get nostalgic about the stuff that I actually hated. I apologize. Well, it was funny, too, listening to you during the day, because, like, in the morning when we get in contact with you, it's like, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, I'm feeling so bad. And then by the afternoon, yeah, I'm up for going out for just one beer, two beer. <laughs> and then the the process would repeat, and the next day, I'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, some of the shots came up, something like that. And how I- about Williamson? This guy, I think I'm being fine. You know, a couple beers here, a couple beers there. They go down nice and smooth. I'm feeling warm. I'm feeling happy. It's the time of my life. Williamson says, 12 Jameson shots. Let's go. And when someone does that, you do the shot. Well, Tom's got the best response to that. Tom, what is it? Just no. <laughs> you just say, no, I will not be doing those shots with you, Williamson. It's Thank easy you to say no when you're sober, Tom. It's not so easy whenever you've putting down seven pints of beer. Yeah, you know what makes me want to do a shot really bad? Drinking about 15 beers. Yes. <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? Wild. And if you've had a couple of shots to start, you just want to drink 15 beers. After 15 beers, there's no real bad ideas. There are not. There really aren't. I've got a terrible habit of drinking beer fast, and then after I've had three of them, I'm buzzed before people are done with their first beer. And then at that point, I'm just, the wheels are off. Here you, we go. You've got no low gear when it comes to drinking beer. Like, you drink at speed all the time. Like, it's a sprint for you. It's not like you're trying either. That's just the way you just drink. Happens. Yeah, it's just, just it's happens. It's a problem. You, you like it. And Wes was trying to play the game. Wes the Mass, he says, I'll drink as much as you can, Crowley. And I said, okay, but not as quickly. And then he lost count, and I crushed him. I crushed him! First night I knew I couldn't keep pace with you was when I first moved here, and it was after the great sports debate a couple years back. And uh, I was sitting there with you and Prezuda, and Prezuda was (laughs) supplying the uh, alcohol from the bar, getting beer after beer. You guys are keeping up. I'm, like, triple-fisted at one point, like, just trying to get them down, hiding beers behind me so I can, like, get to them (laughs) eventually, and you guys aren't like, hey, what's going on? You wuss! Yeah. You guys, the, you guys put them down. The difference between me and those guys is Lolly and Pursuit will put beers down, and I won't know that they're intoxicated. 
When I'm intoxicated, everybody. Everybody knows. Yeah. When you can't name the most obnoxious guy at the bar, it's you. <laughs> and by you, I mean me. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day. Other crap and the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. He may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Pirates moved to 5-8 and eight after losing to the Twins today. The Twins aren't good. And 5-8, and eight, I mean in August. Man, that is such a buzzkill. You're going in against the Cubs. You got a four-game set. You win the two in Minnesota. You're feeling all right. You're four games back. You still don't feel like you're out of it. But if you wind up being six games back, which is a possibility... Depending on how things go tonight, you're screwed. And the Pirates can't be giving up games against bad teams. When Chris Archer pitches against the Twins, you expect to win. When Jamison Tyon pitches against the Twins, you expect to win. And both those things happened, and they lost. Sucks. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Maryland's president, the University of Maryland's president, came out yesterday and was actually, I thought, refreshing. He said, we take legal responsibility and moral responsibility. Usually, universities allow these things to play out in the court of law. They didn't do that here. That being said, they're two months too late. They're two months too late. A player died. A child, a kid died. Because they didn't do things properly. We're not talking about one of those unreported heart conditions. We're not talking about a player having a seizure on the field. We're not talking about a player who was sick. We're talking about a player who had a heat stroke. His temperature is 106 degrees and they don't do anything about it. Yes, they should have taken moral responsibility. They should take legal responsibility. So while it was refreshing, I don't like things that should be said I don't like the expected to have to be refreshing because they're unexpected and we should be in a place in this society that when things go wrong the accountable should be accountable that the culpable people should be accountable and if we continue to say that we're happy when these people are accountable I don't think we're going to get to that I think we have to say what we mean I think we got to say what we say which is what I'm saying (laughs) Tie myself into a pretzel. He said the right stuff, but too late. How about that? That's the hottest take of the day. Damn it, Jesus. Uh, Maybe Brayden was right about this. That was the hottest take of the day. Tell him other crap. Other crap. A European soccer team showed adult material during halftime. I wonder if there was a happy ending. Other crap. I hope they got to see a lot of shots. Woo! Other crap. Soccer. More like Busaki. Woo! Other crap. 
Miami Marlins first base coach Perry Hill wears wet lettuce under his helmet to stay cool on hot days. That brings a whole new meaning to head of lettuce. Woo! Other crap. If the lettuce was performing in the European soccer halftime show, it also would bring a different meaning to head of lettuce. Woo! Other crap. I guess it was iceberg lettuce, right? Woo! Other crap. Probably just leave that one alone. Woo! Other crap. It's been 630 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Or thereabouts. <laughs> it's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show. Peripherals. Peripherals. I think it's that the peripherals that they got on. Peripherals. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Say it with me. Peripherals. 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 All right, go ahead. All right. One more time. Peripheral. Peripheral. Nailed it. Peripheral. I did. Okay. What's the user accent? What's the the Pittsburgh E for like? I don't even want numbers. They just say numbers. Yeah. Big numbers. Peripheral. Yeah. Peripheral. 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 That's it. That's the one right there. Peripheral. Anyway, get the hell out of here. Thanks, Adamski. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, analogies. Oh, Desperation's no. like <laughs> the guy who is on the fifth girl he's asking out the prom, so he comes up with this crazy, ridiculous way to ask her. That's desperation. I want Ben Roethlisberger to walk up to the woman and say, hey, you and me, we're going. I lose you on that analogy, too. Maybe this old cowboy's run out of steam. I just don't think you should be making any analogies with Ben Roethlisberger going up to women saying, You and me, let's get it now! That's why Brian gave me the eyes. That's what Brian was trying to get me to say. Yeah, well, now that we've drawn attention to it on the air. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Well, if she wants to go with him and consents to it, then they can go to prom together. Mixed analogy. I don't care. Steelers are desperate. No! No, wait. No. First star. You know, Dr. Fred to take my license away. He said, if I catch you leaving town, I will take your license away. Sorry, I can't leave town. Why can't so, you leave town? Well, because when I was the last time I was going to the Cleveland Clinic, uh, 